1: Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. Now, I will say in this moment, I did not hate JDS. Mark that down. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where we pray for a Tony Danza spotting and we're real happy that it was paired with Tiny Dancer and we don't think that was a coincidence. Hold me closer Tony Danza. (laughs) (laughs) Friends, Guys I'm Amy Archer and I am here today with one of my favorite people in the whole world Leslie DJ. Hi Leslie!
0: Amy it's so good to be home. (laughs) It's
1: so good to be back. For those of you who don't know, Leslie and I had a short-lived podcast where we covered Married at First Sight, and we did what mm-hmm. three seasons, two? Yeah, we did three seasons because they crank those out like crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was called Six Degrees of Reality TV. It still lives there. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're, you know, watching like seasons eleven, twelve, thirteen again or whatever, they're there, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, we we could not. We just literally could not go forward, <laughs> knowing it would. It would take up
0: 40 weeks of our lives to get through one season. I don't understand their reasoning for... Okay, so now I'm going on a tangent for Married at First Sight. So here's the issue with me with it. It's the editing. I know that they probably, from a network standpoint for advertisers, they're like, well, we need to fill out this X amount of hours. That's fine. I don't need to see you recap half of the last week's episode or half of the first episode every week. No, we don't need it. We don't need it.
1: No. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but like the experts are nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. So these couples are going through real big challenges. And like, I don't think it's a coincidence that the last two or three seasons you've had people tap out before it even they get into moving together.
0: And that was fascinating the first time around. I think I can't remember which season it was or which city. But it was fascinating, like, oh, my God, this is, like, crazy. It's probably not that mm-hmm. common. But now it seems like that's just happening each season. People are like, oh, that guy is ugly or that chick's ugly, and I'm out. It's like, what? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, so that's how Leslie and I first came to podcast together. And when I wanted to do some Sex in the City variation on Lomas Recap, there was no one else that I would have asked to be here because – Leslie has, like, an encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> sex in the city, and she's a New Yorker. Yeah. So this show is is very special to her. And um, did you, I, I don't know if I ever asked you this, but did you grow up in New York?
0: I was born and raised in New York. This is Okay, so you,
1: you knew this show, like, you grew up with this show, being part Here's of the, the New York landscape.
0: You have to remember that these women were in their 30s when it started. This was the 90s. I was a kid. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. we did not have HBO because that was for fancy rich people at the oh, time. Yeah, we didn't either. <laughs> but my grandma had an illegal box hookup that of got it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I would sometimes sneak it in and watch it because people were talking about it. And I kept yeah. noticing, especially by like season two or three with the flower and the fashion. And I was like, what is happening? This is so fascinating. And I'm like, oh, it's that show with the word sex that I'm not allowed to watch. And then they started releasing them on DVDs. And I remember going, this is going to date me so much, to Blockbuster Video <laughs> spending $68.99 to purchase season Whoa. one. Ooh. Whoa. Okay. All and right. it came in this cool, like pink gel, like um, jewel case kind of thing for the DVD. And it was so cool looking. And so that's kind of how I started watching it. So then I, um that was around the time that they started releasing series on dvds mm-hmm, so then mm-hmm. i would just wait save up my money for it to come out mm-hmm. because i wanted to see the whole thing and then my mom finally got an illegal box and then i was able to watch it but yes yeah, i grew people, up with this
1: most of the people who were gen x and grew up with hbo or had some idea of hbo it was legally obtained yeah. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's the only way I watch MTV and HBO was with an illegal yeah. hookup. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, how did you feel about? Let's
1: talk about season one of In Just Like That because I think we can all agree, it it did not go the way they thought it would. <laughs>
0: it did not. I I actually rewatched the entire first season on Wednesday night mm-hmm. in preparation. Because I was like, you know, I've watched it since it aired. I've watched it at least three times. And this was my fourth time watching it. Because the first time as it aired, I was just so confused. I was shocked. (laughs) And... (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know how to feel. And then I was listening yeah. to the writer's room podcast with Michael Patrick King. who's It's like good a to know. Creator. It's refreshing,
1: refreshing to me to know there is a writer's room. Cause I'm thinking they're farming these scripts out of an MFA program. <laughs> this is the thing.
0: So they had all these for season one these quote-unquote woke writers they're all millennials essentially yeah. who came in who were talking to talk talking like they were on RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. and that's how the characters were behaving and it's like yes that's not them come to well, find out that in the first episode of this podcast season their whole thing most of those writers are fired
1: okay they're okay. all gone so well here's my thing up. with here's my thing with them. And I was talking to Mary Payne on Pink Shade about this yesterday. My complaint with season one, I get the the wokeness, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that New York has changed in 20 years. And yeah, but my feeling is like we who've been alive on Earth have all like changed with Earth, okay, and with society. And it felt like we had an Encino Man situation where these women just woke up one day and they were like, oh my God, the world is so different now. Like they were doing the caveman thing. It was so, it was so weird. Like you're telling me that like these women who've been New Yorkers for most of their adult lives, like have, have never have, didn't see that the world was changing in this way. And now they're so shocked by Mm -hmm. it. Like.
0: Yeah, and they had no black friends, which is fine. I mean, you don't have to be friends with everyone, but they do exist. They just had no interactions with them. Right, and then there was a lot of tokenism in this first season.
1: Like, okay, we got to give them a black friend. We got to give them a Latina friend. We got to put somebody in a wheelchair. I mean, it was
0: just so, it was over the top. It was, and I, but I do like that those actors did get some sort of job. It just me too. was sad to me that it had to be, they were the ones that had to kind of come in and be like, hey guys, we exist, rather than it just being more organic and being like, oh yeah, they've always been here. Yes,
1: yes, 100%. All right, so let's talk about um, season two, mm-hmm. episode one. Th- they go to this Met Ball, which I'm assuming is the Met Gala. Exactly. And why do they Met Gala?
0: I don't know, especially because SJP is very connected within a winter yeah. and fashion, and she's always a star of that uh, So super weird, right? Yeah. All right,
1: so I took notes, guys, on these episodes. What I realized I should have done is maybe take notes by character. Mm. But I didn't. I did it, you know, narratively. So I hope it makes sense. Feel free to yell, stop, hold on, you know, (laughs) when you have to chime in. Because I don't have a ton of notes. I'm just going to go through these pretty fast. So let's remind the viewers where we left off in season one. So in season one, we left off with, and you can help me fill in the blanks here. I remember distinctly that we left off with Carrie getting a podcast
0: and -hmm. making out
1: with Franklin in the elevator.
0: Yes, so it was after Chay got this, like, development deal to record this pilot to go to L.A. and leave our lives forever, so we thought, and then she got her own kind of, like, sex in the city version of a podcast, Mm -hmm. and I was a little excited about that because I'm like, oh, this is kind of giving a little wink and a nod to the original series without it being over, you know, beating us over the head with it, so I was like, okay, I'm cool with this, nice dynamic, Franklin is hot, by the way, Franklin's hot, but he's like a weird actor. I don't know what's going on. But he's hot. (laughs) I think that he's supposed to be, because, see, the thing is that people don't know that podcasters are not real humans. They're like these weird Mm. creatures that exist underground. Mm -hmm. So... Him being hot is an anomaly, you know, because we're yes. all gremlins apparently. Yes, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we don't know how to act with the world. I think it's just the way his character is developed that it's a little weird and he's a little timid. That's what it came yeah. across, at least in this yeah. episode.
1: Oh, and then at the end of episode of season one, we see her texting with Samantha. Yes, and, and they were Samantha's supposed to meet like, in Paris. Yes, yeah, we'll meet up for a drink or whatever. Because oh, she she spread Big's ashes. Yes, on their bridge and Miranda who they've turned into a bumbling idiot and I have so many thoughts about that (laughs) they've turned her into like this weirdo person who's again just woken up from a 30 year 30 year coma yeah
0: um
1: she went with Che to California and Mm -hmm. what happened with Charlotte Charlotte I just can't I guess just came to accept rocks Yeah, non-binary status, right? Exactly, and was by mitzvah herself. (laughs) Oh, right, right. That's right. Okay. So we open with, in season two, episode one, we open with a remix of Tiny Dancer, and all the women are walking towards their beds with their various partners in them, except for Naya Wallace, who, as we remember, broke up with her husband, who we call Andre Rashad every time we talk about him. He needs, like, a
0: full name. It's, like, a thing. I think they didn't technically break up. They were taking like a break. You they know, were taking that a worked, break, yes. That worked so well for Ross and Rachel, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they were on that. a break. <laughs> so Franklin and Carrie are in bed
1: and they're watching cooking videos. And she tells him many years ago she wanted to start poaching eggs, but she never did. And he tells her it's too late. Now, what do you think of their chemistry?
0: It's, it makes sense why she would want to keep it in the bedroom because there's really nothing there.
1: I agree. Like, I'm like,
0: eh. there's nothing there. It, it mm-hmm. was like one of those one-off. It felt like one of those one-off guys that she would go on a date with on Sex in the City that you were like, why is she even banging him? Oh, there's no one else around. Agreed. And I have a
1: theory of who she's going to hook up with next, but mm-hmm. we'll get okay. to it. Okay. So later, Carrie is making the poached egg while Seema calls and thanks her for inviting her to the Met Ball and is sending her caviar. Now, it's been a long time since I've watched the, the first series, okay? Mm-hmm.
0: Were they always this rich? (laughs) See, the thing was, she was like this big real estate tycoon person. Remember, she had a a driver and the car had her name. But were the poor girls always rich? Well, Charlotte has always been well off. When she married um, Trey, she got, you know, money and settlement. So she's always been well off. Miranda was very, I mean, she was high in corporate life, you know, as a lawyer, but she wasn't rich. Mm Mm-mm. You know, Samantha was more, had, yeah, Carrie was always broke. She was supposed to be the one that we aspired to be like because she had a rent control apartment. She was mm-hmm. essentially broke. She wrote, you know, a column that no one really read, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It was, I feel you, seen. You know, I feel <laughs> seen. And, you know, she had like a few book deals as an author. You know, you don't really make a lot of money unless you're, oh, you, you make know, yeah. J.K. Rowling or Stephen King or something, you know, you're mm-hmm. not going to make. Bank, but Big was rich. Oh, that's right. She has so big money now. She has literally big money. So yes. that's why she's living this way. That's true. Okay, because I feel like that is so. I'm so out of touch with
1: these people. Like I don't even. You know me. I don't even understand fashion. So like <laughs> a lot of this is wasted on me. Okay, so she's making the the poached egg. Uh, Sema calls her. They're going to the Met Gala, which they're calling the Met Ball. Um, Charlotte shows up. She's got Richard Burton, which yeah. I love Richard Burton. And she wants to discuss her dress and she crosses paths with Franklin. Over at the Wexleys. Now I could do without the Wexleys. What are but your thoughts? She is on them? so
0: pretty though. She's <laughs> amazing. I mean, her body is like whew. her face alone. When they do close ups of her face, I'm just like, I want to freeze frame it. I wanna kiss it. She's just so stunning. I'm like I want to talk to the devil and be like, how can I get that face? Like, wow. let's make a deal because she is just stunning. <laughs> let's make a deal.
1: Um, I
0: just don't, I don't feel
1: like I'm loving them though. I think we're bringing
0: in too many
1: friends. Mm-hmm. Like we have Seema, who's a good addition, I think, to the crew. We have Naya, who I really like as an addition to the crew. We don't need this one this
0: person she's literally there to be kind of like Charlotte's black friend essentially yeah yeah and she is as anthony marantino said in season one she's the black charlotte essentially
1: yep so she's working on a film she's a documentary filmmaker remember like we all are so down to earth and she gets interrupted by her kids and husband i don't even know her husband's name but he's super annoying and he just wants to bang her and yeah. he offers to bankroll her next film and she's offended by this. Leslie, how would you feel if some guy was like, I'm just gonna bankroll your next artistic project? Would you be offended or would you be like, Okay?
0: It depends. Well, I would be like, okay. If this I'm is like sale. my husband, I'll be like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, I'll pay for that. It's like, why aren't you paying for this in the first place? Why am I struggling? Um, I get the idea of being wanting to do it for yourself and a sense of pride because she is her job is like in the arts, whereas his is sure. not really sure what he does, but he mm-hmm. was in Hamilton, the actor. So that's where I know him from George Washington. And so yep. I love that aspect mm-hmm. of it. I mean, these are amazing, they really did well in casting these amazing black actors that like they did. It's an, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that they're not being used properly, I feel? Like well, you, you be said better. it perfectly.
1: Like it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel yeah. organic. Like it just feels like again, oh my God, I'm dropped into this world where I know nothing. And there's a, a token black person, a token Latina. Like it's so weird. Ugh, mm-hmm. drives me nuts. So Carrie and Charlotte are walking and recapping the Franklin relationship. Carrie says she doesn't want anything more than just hooking up every Thursday after the podcast. Like that's all she's ready for at this point. We also learn that three weeks have passed since season one.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. And uh, what? It's about a year and a month or so since Big died. After Big died, yeah. Okay. Now we see Miranda, who... (sighs) Justice for Miranda. (laughs) I I don't know what is going on here. She's in a sensory deprivation tank. She gets a call from Naya, who, don't forget, was her professor. Is her Mm -hmm. professor. And she answers it on FaceTime, wearing only her bra. Like you do. Yeah. Miranda says she's loving this trip. And loving this version of herself. And she's like best me ever. And I just want to throw my television out a window.
0: <laughs> that for me. That moment I was like okay. She is in what we call. I know you don't speak Bravo Housewives. But she is in a love bubble. As Teresa Judice would oh, say. Okay. So nothing could penetrate this bubble. At this point. It would have to come in. From the inside, basically, for it to
1: burst. (laughs) Wait, so like the Titanic sub, the love bubble has to implode
0: from the inside out. Exactly. So she is acting I feel like the purpose of this, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, and maybe the next podcast that the writers put out will explain this more. I think that what they're saying is she was so repressed and so not herself for so many years, that now she's trying out this new part of herself. So she's giddy like a teenager. And that's why she's behaving so erratically.
1: But you can be giddy like a teenager and still be who
0: you are. Yeah, but I feel that she... Like, when I fell in love with Timmy, I was in a
1: love bubble, and I was giddy like a teenager, and I was doing stuff that I normally wouldn't do. But I still went to work every day, and still, like, had some qualities of my former life. Like, I feel like Miranda had a brain transplant.
0: I mean, you didn't give up a prestigious, like, research scholarship program thing to follow person that you just met? No, no no some no, podcaster no. filthy podcaster <laughs> a comic no not just me I've done yes. i did
1: not so naya says she's lonely and miranda tells her take yourself for dinner and then miranda gets something in her eye and climbs out of the deprivation tank there's fully there.
0: naked by the way and because of that fully egg thing, naked. it looked like it was something out of aliens like she was coming out of <laughs> She was naked a lot. And I don't think it was a body double. That was her. No, that was Cynthia Nixon. Like they confirmed it on the podcast on the writer's room. Yeah, they told her like, for this to be really funny, you have to be completely naked. And she said, okay. She's really picking up the Kim Cattrall wand here, the baton.
1: So Che is at a wardrobe fitting and they hate their outfit. They want to wear just jeans and a t-shirt, but someone's like, Someone makes a comment about jeans not being very forgiving on the top. Hmm. Which I guess meant like a muffin top situation. And the writer comes in. Their name is BD. I'm thinking they're non-binary, right? I
0: believe so. They go by they. Okay.
1: And they have a blue streak in their hair. And they want Che to have a blue streak in their hair as well. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm not doing this. Now, I really ragged on Che Diaz last <laughs> uh season. Hated this character. Used to love the actor. Mm-hmm. Still like the actor. The actor's not terrible.
0: Yeah, Sarah the Ramirez character, is so talented.
1: Character, who's so awful. Did they get better? They got a little better. I'm because... gonna hit them up.
0: Now, Che is more dimensional. It's not just like punchline. And also comics, as annoying as they can be from my personal experience, they do not constantly talk in these terms like, oh, give me a two seconds and I'll give you a tight 10. Like, they're, n- they're not talking like this. And it's right. just cliche, cliche comedy concerts. You guys, yes. that does not exist. Yes. They are shows, stand-up shows or stand-up specials, yeah. not concerts.
1: Che is a little more humanized in this episode. We see, well, I think it's next episode, but no, it's this episode. But we see in this set of episodes a little more connective tissue, too, between Miranda and Che to kind of get Miranda's attraction. So then we go back to Carrie's and we learn that she's getting her Met dress made by Jackie's girlfriend, Smoke. I actually enjoyed this storyline and it reminded me of... The movie with where Jennifer Hudson was in it as her assistant.
0: Oh, the assistant, yeah. I
1: loved the first Sex in the City movie. I, I watched that too. 85 times.
0: Why couldn't they get Jennifer Hudson to come back? I know. And like help carry through this horrible part of her life. I mean, I know. they had, she was already part of the universe. People mm-hmm. knew her. She was well-liked, fun. Yep. Louise from St. Louis. Right. Maybe her marriage in St. Louis fell apart.
1: And she had to come back to New York. Maybe. And calls up Carrie. Yeah. So Charlotte and Lisa Wexler. Wexley? Wexley. Are yeah, LTW. A fitting, LTW. They're out of fitting for their dresses, and they're bitching about their husbands. Thank God Anthony is there to remind them. He's like, I've heard enough of this podcast called Rich People Problems. <laughs> <Anthony laughs> I loved is, it. Anthony has remained intact, his character, mm-hmm. and is everything we need. Okay, he saved me from these episodes.
0: I love Mario Cantone. I've met him. And ever since then, I've been, you know, playing tag with him on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm constantly tagging him on stuff. And he responds. He's so sweet. You
1: tag him on this and you tell him, we are so thankful that he is there. He (laughs) made this episode so much better. In a sea of mediocrity, be be an Anthony, is what I have to say. So the theme of this is, oh, uh, there's some weird storyline where LTW gets a call and has to go get her daughter because her nanny has a stomach flu. And the theme of the the Met Ball is veiled beauty. And Anthony says, I'm a veiled threat. Just ask anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So now Charlotte gets home and she tells and the kids tell her that Harry thinks he's going to the Met with her. Yeah. And apparently he didn't go to the prom because he had Epstein bar that entire year. Now I will say I love Harry. I enjoy him. Yeah, I too. always have. And he wants to go to the Met Ball to see Rihanna. And <laughs> now at work, Carrie gets a call from a woman who is wondering, how do you know if it's time to take things to the relationship place? And Carrie says, when, when your man or whatever steps outside the norm And invite you to do something. And then on cue, Franklin invites her after work to a party on a Tuesday, which is outside of their usual Thursday hookup. She's kind of caught off guard. She says yes. All right. Now the cringiest scene I've ever witnessed. (laughs) God, Cynthia Nixon, you are doing it all. Um, We see Miranda trying to get into a (laughs) (laughs) strap-on. Now, it is... An entire contraption, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And she's like, "I don't Heavy even know pride. if I'm." <laughs> I know she's like, "I don't even know if I'm physically or philosophically into this yet, but I'm doing it." And chay says, "Oh please, you scream, give me a dick."
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, Carrie, haven't we all screamed, "Give me a dick," or is it just that's me? true?
1: That's true. Carrie calls and she's like. Hey, Jay, will Franklin freak out if I back out of this blah, blah, blah? And Jay says, and Miranda tunes into this, Jay says, well, some relationships are just based on sex, and, like, that's okay. So she Miranda automatically thinks she's talking about their, that Jay is talking about their relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. And the strap-on comes off.
1: Yes, it does. And it's like, Never mind, it's just phone time now. We're just gonna lay here and be on our phones. Okay, Seema, guys, I apologize. I'm suffering with my allergies because, of course, you know, it's any day. I yeah. mean, allergy season for Amy Archer is nine months.
0: Yeah, for me too, it's like hives and watery eyes. It looks like I'm high all the time. I'm not a fish. <laughs> so, Seema is with her boyfriend, Zed.
1: And he's like, I want you to meet my son. Do you think Zed is hot? What's your thoughts here?
0: The thing is, he's supposed to be hot. And according to the first season commentary for and Just Like That, the writer's room, he was meant to be this hot, exotic guy that was going to sweep zima off her feed and just be just all sorts of hot and then maybe complicated at some point i personally do not find him hot and it's not anything to do with his looks it's just the fact that he screams like creepy club promoter guy to me and that's the vibe i get that i don't like that he's probably like this with every woman that he beds and that he's she's probably not the only one that's the vibe that i get from him and that automatically for me is like you're not hot I feel like I would have found him super hot in my 20s,
1: especially how he's smoking in bed. I mean, that was a thing. And I would have found that super hot. I feel like Amy in her 40s would be more Franklin girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like somebody with a decent job who just likes to watch cooking videos. Like that's where I'm
0: at in my life. Is that little Joey? It is, Joey. My apologies. He just wants to get his two cents in because he was watching it with me.
1: <laughs> he hears me and he recognizes me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um,
1: the son will be in town for only one day. And it's on the same day of the Met Gala. I mean, Met Ball. And now we see them and they're at a restaurant and they have stools for their purses. And yes. this is a rich person thing that drives me insane. But anyway, Seaman tells the group, okay, so I think, you know, I've been invited to go meet this son, but I'm also meeting the ex-wife. I don't know what to do. Carrie says, I don't know what to do either. I want to back out of the Tuesday date. And Anthony's like, just don't go. He'll get over it. He's a man. And then Anthony tells this story about how he was on his knees blowing a PA and tap, tap, tap. The guy tapped him on the head and said, I thought I would be into it. I'm just not. And Anthony, like, collected himself and went home and ate, like, a pint of ice cream or something. It was pretty funny.
0: I laughed so hard at that moment. It was pretty good. Oh, my God. I would have died. Like, the world would have, like, the ground would have opened up and sucked me in.
1: First of all, only a gay man would would turn down a blowjob because a straight man is not going to do that. Especially in the middle of.
0: I mean, unless you're biting him, I don't think...
1: (laughs) Nope, not going to happen. It's never happened in my experience of anyone I know. Yeah. yeah. All right, so um, at this point, Charlotte tells Anthony he can't go to the the Met. He can't be her plus one because Harry's got to go. So Seema realizes she can't go either, so she backs out, and Anthony is going to be Carrie's plus one. Naya takes herself to dinner and meets a smoking hot dude.
0: to to
1: i think his name is he's the dude from csi he's not one of the csis
0: yeah i I remembered him i was like oh my god he's so hot
1: yeah and he um he tries to hit on her but she like tells him she's married stupid come on you're (laughs) on a break you go home with this guy and later she calls andre rashad and flips out when he is in his hotel room with a woman writing songs yeah okay so later, Che is at their comedy show. What did you think of Che's joke about taking an Uber from their bedroom to their bathroom?
0: In theory, it's a funny joke. I don't think it was executed properly. Maybe it wasn't the right tone. I don't know. But I get the joke because it's like, oh my god, no one walks here, so I gotta take mm-hmm. an Uber to go to my bedroom. Like mm-hmm. that's the kind. Of, I feel like that's the kind of joke that I would make, and that shouldn't right. be her, right their joke because they're yes. pros. <laughs>
1: Right. And they're getting their own show, which is called Che Pasa. Che
0: Pasa. Yeah. You know, that doesn't seem that far fetched. I feel like in this climate, and <laughs> there's so tacky a lot of these producers and showrunners and stuff like these are the kind of titles they would throw out there like oh you're like have Latin okay so your name is Che oh Che Pasa hey Che Pasa we're so clever like Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. that mentality like Mm -hmm. I get it and it's supposed to be cringy it is yeah okay
1: later uh, Che tells the joke and Miranda shows up and Miranda wants to put her arms around Che and Che's like don't hug me We're like, okay. The next day, Jackie and Smoke show up at Carrie's with a fucked up dress because a bunch of seamstresses got the flu. They must be nannies as well. They must be. She has the cape done, but not the dress. So Smoke is working on the dress, and Jackie smells Franklin and figures out that he and Carrie had been sleeping together. (laughs) Jackie's annoying. I don't need him.
0: I love Bobby Lee. The I do too about me this but character. I do not like this character Mm-mm. so annoying so
1: i I think he's meant to just represent like the hipster culture, yeah, and again, like now we have a token hipster it's so it's so dumb so Jackie talks about with Carrie about like, does Franklin know you're not a couple? Because, you know, guys have feelings. Things have changed since you woke up out of your, since you went into your coma, Carrie Bradshaw, 30 <laughs> years ago and woke up out of it. So in bed, Miranda makes a move on Che and they rebuff her. And after Miranda pressures Che, they reveal they've been on a diet because of this horrific wardrobe fitting. Now, I will say in this moment, I did not hate JDS. Diaz
0: mark that down in that moment i was like oh i get it you've Mm -hmm. been overcompensating so hard Mm -hmm. at the moment that a little glimmer of your past shows up you Mm -hmm. fall apart and i was like i totally get it i've been there i've been told to lose weight for the dumbest reasons oh i mean don't even get me started on this topic I can't imagine for you being like, oh my God, I'm getting a show based on my life that's about mm-hmm. me, so it should look and sound like me, but you want me to teach everything about me. So what is it that you're trying to do? And that's very confusing. And yeah. my heart broke at that moment.
1: It humanized Che.
0: Yes, finally.
1: Finally. And then when Miranda said to Che... You're one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Like, it was a real nice moment between them. And I was like, okay, more of this, please. Yes, Less of the strap-on it's,
0: nonsense. It's like, oh, so this is why they like each other. So mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. made it more real. Because at first it was just like, you're a groupie, essentially. Miranda's just running around chasing after this unavailable person, essentially. But
1: Yeah, like, it would be nice to have a story where... We see Che maybe appreciating or even sort of quasi depending on Miranda's type A-ness, right? right? And like, so we see that quality of Miranda and that's what Che's attracted to. And Che's kind of attract or Miranda's kind of attracted to like Che's like, you know, go with the wind-ness.
0: Yeah, I can't. Remember, if this was um in the writers' room, they said that or articles. There's just so much sex in a city, and and just like that mm-hmm. information out there, and people with every kind of opinion coming out of the mm-hmm. woodworks. But they were saying that yes, that moment was to humanize Che because in season one, a lot of people, they they as writers were so proud to have like a different alternative type, you know, <laughs> a non-binary mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. And that it became a villain without their knowing or them anticipating that. Because at first it was like, oh, this is a cool, like, character. And then it's like, oh, this person sucks because they're ruining Miranda's (laughs) marriage and everything we loved about her. So now what they have intimated is that moving forward, we'll see more aspects of Che. So it's going to be a more rounded character, which might make it better. Because Sarah Ramirez, as an actor themselves, fantastic, wonderful voice. We heard it at the end of season one. Yeah. So I felt like it was a disservice because I was like, I really love this actor. Why are you making me hate them? (laughs) And I also love what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that they
1: are being inclusive here. But again, like we need it to feel more. We're not saying what they're doing is bad by putting all these different, differently abled and, you know, different people of color into the mix. But like, it just needs
0: to be a little more organic. And there are so many real comics out there. I mean, almost all comics need to have a day job because their jobs essentially are at night hire a, a real stand-up to kind of write these jokes and for these you know yeah. get their introspective of it yeah. how they process things it's probably going to be dark because comics are usually very wounded creatures mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's why they use you know humor it's the sad clown thing so yeah, I agree. they need like an actual stand-up to you know step in and actually give them some they cues Stand
1: up to stand up and do this job yes, yes. thank you So Carrie calls Franklin, tells him she'd rather just hook up on Thursdays. He's like, fine, whatever. Seema's at lunch with Zed's ex and the son, and she learns from the ex that Zed and her still live together. She flips out and she leaves. Lisa, LTW's husband, insists on going down this scene. He insists on going down on her (laughs) to, quote, relax her. Do you remember, you probably don't remember this, and the only reason I remember this is because I just looked into it for Love and Death that we're covering, which is set in the uh, early 80s. There was this whole, like, rhetoric around sex in the 60s, 70s, and 80s that it, like, for women, that it was to relax you. Like, it's relaxing for you. Like, almost like a Calgon bath. Do you know what I mean? Like... And this reeks of that. Like, let me relax you. But I don't think the writers are misstepping here. Like, I think they they wrote it ironically. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, knowing that this douchebag would think this. Because exactly. LTW does say later, like, oh, you did this for me. But in the end, it was all about you, of course.
0: Of course, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I was not aware of that whole thing. Because, you know, I was either not yeah. born or an infant. Yeah, like,
1: friends. you can find <laughs> magazines and stuff like that that kind of make reference to that. And yeah. it was like the whole madmen era where like, yes, you know, hey women, sense. just relax.
0: Just let this happen. It's, no, it's calming. Oh, you're good. <laughs> My dick will solve all your problems. That's why I get paid more than you.
1: <laughs> so she ends up forgetting to confirm her van and has to walk in her outfit. Can we discuss it? Is I love- amazing.
0: I was so like taking a back, I was. It was a j- jarring, like the little cage, yes. like headdress yep. thing. But then I'm like, this woman is so fucking stunning that I'm That's like, I stunning. buy it. The fact that where they're going, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that shot of them crossing the street and just mm-hmm. that garment flowing, yeah. I was like, oh my god, a gay man wrote that scene because yeah. <laughs> clearly yeah. you were like in love with. I was like, oh my god, I love this so much. That visual was amazing. I agree. Oh, amazing. And
1: this kind of, you know, like I said, there's there's little peaks of the original series in here.
0: Mm-hmm. And this
1: is one of them. I liked her outfit better than any of them.
0: I think she was the best dress out of all of I agree. them. Because I felt like S- Seema's dress was just too, like, kind of like, oh. I called her a little red riding hood in gold. Like, yeah. that's what she looked like. And how does Seema have her own paparazzi? I... I don't understand the world she lives in yet. I mean, it's I understand really
1: I understand that realtors in New York City make a fuck ton of money. Right. But, like, she acts like she's famous. Like, there's a fame quality to it, not
0: just a rich. I feel that it, has she been one of those real estate people that ended up on, like, a selling sunset of yes. one of those reality shows? Yes. Then that makes sense, that people will be like, oh, she's, like, known because she's, yes. you know... But yeah, I don't understand how she would be so famous unless she's like on the cover of like, you know, architecture or sellers weekly or whatever yeah. the magazines they are.
1: They make they just make it seem like like she's like share.
0: <laughs> like and oh there's remember, SEMA. in season one, when they couldn't get into the club and it was her birthday, her fifty-fourth birthday, mm-hmm. she revealed that she was able to get the COVID vaccine before the president. So, she apparently right. is somehow connected to this crazy, okay. like, elite New York
1: world. Okay. So, Carrie decides to wear her wedding dress from the first wedding with Big from the first movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she says, just like that, I repurposed my pain. And we see her walking out with the little bird hat, which we love so much. Yeah. So, that's episode one. What did you think? So,
0: I liked like, the. What do you I I always like the nod to the fashion that they had in the mm-hmm. original series or in the movie mm-hmm. because they were just so epic. And it's kind of s- sad to me that a lot of times you can't rewear these outfits because they're so grand and so associated with a specific event or time. And mm-hmm. so seeing it repurposed, it's like, it would make sense. That's Carrie. Carrie is a mm-hmm. fashionista. Carrie would know yeah. how to repurpose anything. Yeah. So I love that little nod to that. So I enjoyed that aspect. I did enjoy Che being a little more human. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I like seeing that peak with the the part of with Tony Danza, being like, you know, the, what is hold it, the, closer, Tony the danza. fanzas, or whatever, his fans are called, or whatever, would oh, be pissed at him, the, hold on, the oh, Danza, the danza lines, the danza lines, oh my god, <laughs> which was
1: fantastic,
0: they were gonna go, you know, we'll get there, head. we'll get there, do not,
1: Mexican. do not talk Tony Danza yet, we will get there,
0: but so yeah, what do, I, what I do, do like
1: that, you, what about the first episode, were there any problems, that you were like, mm. I mean, it's still, in my opinion, still not good, but we're getting a little better.
0: I think it was, for me, it felt a little more grounded in the sense that they got it out of their system, the whole, like, (laughs) let's throw a bunch of shit to the wall, see what sticks. And now they're dealing with the remains and trying to, you know, create this beautiful imagery, which I hope will be what happens. And then as we talk about episode two, I could tell you what pissed me off.
1: Because okay, I was like, the, okay,
0: et- I get this. So, okay, let's see where this is going. That's how I felt at the of, end
1: of episode one. At the end of episode two, remind me. Let's talk about what we think the storylines are going to be for okay. characters. Okay. So episode two is called the real deal, and we open on Carrie reading some ads for her podcast, and she comes across a vaginal wellness ad. <laughs> she cannot do it and refuses to read it, and Franklin's just like, okay, I'll let them know. Not a big deal, guys. We're in podcasting. Mm-hmm. Your entire podcast franchise does not depend on one ad, one host ad, read, host red ad. Nope. If that brings down your entire podcast, there's a problem. Anyway, so Sima is getting a blowout and her hairdresser calls her out on her uh, propensity to run away from any man or situation. And she storms out telling him, I pay you to blow me, not shrink me. So she's the new Samantha, clearly. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Miranda is going to town, uh, munching on I <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. That's what happened. It's too much. You don't need it. I would not need it if it were, you know, a man and a woman. I would not need it if it were two dudes. I do not need it. I don't need it. I just don't need it. Um, there, <laughs> broad daylight going down and BD calls. They need Che there because the writers hate the new pages. And Che says, you know, it's real weird because they they rebuff any like realism notes that I give them, but they want Tony Danza as my Mexican father. Yeah. Okay. Now, this was a thing in Hollywood. I mean, we all know this. You mm-hmm. grabbed Italian people to play black people. You grabbed Italian people to play Mexican. Whatever. It was so offensive and horrific. Yeah. The fact that. You know, they're working this storyline, and I think it's kind of funny because this kind of stuff does happen all the time. Did. Doesn't anymore, but did. Well, still does because we always pick not queer people to play queer roles, which is a real problem.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, that's the one thing with Che, at least we have a non binary actor playing a non binary character. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Chloe tells Carrie. Chloe is the pregnant woman in a wheelchair, apparently. Yeah. And she comes wheeling in and she tells Carrie, like, you need to do the vaginal wellness ad. And it's not the podcast heyday of 2021. You need to read this ad. Okay. LTW gets home and we learn that her mother-in-law is coming to town. And the mother-in-law is like super judgy, you know, just a typical stereotypical mother-in-law their daughter's hair has to be braided a certain way for the mother-in-law and then the mother-in-law comes and calls uh, LTW's outfit oh I see you just got back from a production of The Lion King (laughs) (laughs) LTW without missing a beat is like yeah and it was great
0: it was a great production of The Lion King her fashion sense it's very interesting they're really pushing the envelope with her because i think that Ooh. they're trying to be like let's give her something other than just being charlotte's friend so she's gonna be yeah. like the fashion adventurous one and that might bridge her to organically become friends with carrie because of the fashion so that's what i'm thinking <laughs> maybe. maybe so um at charlotte's I wrote
1: Lisa wants, it's Lily, wants an electric electronic keyboard. And Harry and Charlotte say, we're not paying for it, dude. Like, you figure it out, you know. <laughs> and then we see Andre, Rashad, and Naya. And they're talking about the girl in his room last week. And he says, I admit, like, I did like her. And there are moments where I think about cheating on you. But I want us to work out. And she's like, well, how do you see that happening? And he says, a surrogate. And she throws the phone across the room. Yeah. Now we see Miranda in LA attending an AA meeting because I forgot she was an alcoholic.
0: Oh, because she was an alcoholic for the first couple of episodes of season one. And then Mm -hmm. they go to a park after they call her out on it. You know, when she realizes, oh, I drunk ordered this book about how to quit drinking like a woman. So let me toss out my drinks. And I went her (laughs) feet. So then the next episode, she's like, oh, thanks you guys for drinking this non-alcoholic fizzy with me, you know. And then that was the end of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I get the storyline that she's in an a stale marriage Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: actually i came across this new term when i was researching something for work and it's called marital burnout and it's Mm -hmm. like when you reach the stage that you realize this marriage is not gonna get any better it's not gonna fulfill your needs right? right and i feel like that's where miranda was and i get the drinking but like i don't know if we had
0: to make her an alcoholic
1: Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, it could have just been like, you're drinking too much, dude.
0: What's going on here? That's what it seems like it it was, because she was able to give it up so quickly. But now apparently she's going to AA meetings, which I applaud. Sure, sure. Get the help. And especially if you're not doing anything, you're in a strange city, you don't know anyone, you're gonna be tempted to drink. Because yeah. you're alone yep. to fill up your time. Because that's what I used to do when I was in between waiting for gigs after work. I was just like hit the bar. And I'm like, oh, well, the show starts at 8. So let me just pound a few back. And it became a problem. Yep. Especially when you are in California, which
1: is, as anyone knows who listens to me, the promised land. <laughs> it is mine. <laughs> like I will take my journey there eventually. That's where I will live out the rest of my life. It is the perfect place for me. So, you know, when you're in California and everybody's chilling and everybody's calm and relaxed and having a good time, the temptation can be there yeah. to to hit that bar with some fish tacos in the afternoon.
0: I get it. I love California, by the way. I oh love it God. so much. It's, San Diego it's especially.
1: It's everything. Right. I love San Diego so much. The weather is
0: perfect because I hate the weather's The weather's
1: perfect. The topography is so dramatic. I just... I'm obsessed with California and New England,
0: those two areas.
1: Okay, so um, Miranda's at this AA meeting. She meets some woman who, oh, let's make a tattoo joke because, you know, you have
0: virgin arms. Do people talk like this? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, my arms, I have a couple of tattoos on my arms, and um, no, I don't go up to my sister and say, look at your virgin arms. No, no, Mm mm-mm.
1: And at first I was like, what the fuck is she even talking about?
0: Yeah.
1: So she talks Miranda into cleaning up the beach with some environmental group. Now, later, Seema and Carrie chat about Zed still living with his ex-wife. And Carrie says, well, I'm not comfortable pitching a vaginal wellness ad. And this is where they make a housewife's reference. Yeah. (laughs) Bethany Frankel. Yep. New York housewife. Apparently, Bethany Frankel has responded to this. What did she say?
0: I don't know. Because Bethany loves to, you know, make headlines. Mm-hmm. She got name checked. So she's probably so fucking happy. Oh my gosh. She I might mean, play it, it off me. like being pissed off, but she is thrilled. She I mean, loves I would take the spotlight. checked on Sex in the City. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: So Lisa, or why does my my notes keep correcting Lily to Lisa? <laughs> Lily got her keyboard. By selling her clothes using the real deal, which is a knockoff version of the real real, which they probably mm. just couldn't say the real real because they're gonna really like, you know, tear them up.
0: Yeah, because after Peloton, you know, from season one, mm-hmm. they started having mm-hmm. issues with getting, you know, <laughs> being able to name check any brands because they were yes. like, How are you using this? Are you gonna kill mm-hmm. off another character? <laughs> I forgot about that.
1: So, um, Charlotte flips out because she's like, I can't even believe this. All your closets empty. All those. Can you imagine how much money Charlotte has spent on Lily's wardrobe? It's disgusting because Mm -hmm. she's a child. It's disgusting. So Charlotte's at lunch with Anthony and LTW and she's like bitching about this. And she brings up a good point. She's like, Lily's underage. Could they have done this? And Anthony's like, well, they didn't break in. Like, you know, they were invited in like vampires. And Charlotte's just really pissed off. And she finds this dress that she had bought Lily for her first piano recital. And she's like, this dress is a blah, blah, blah. It will be worth four times as much, blah, blah, blah. So she's flipping out. I think
0: it's a Chanel. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right. But I wanted it. I wanted a clearer picture of it because I was like, which dress is this? Because I'm pretty sure they're making such a big deal out of it. This is an actual dress. And it's probably quote-unquote vintage by this point because it probably came out in the early aughts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's a good point. We should look back at that last couple
1: seasons when Lily had a piano lesson or piano recital. Well, it was
0: Oscar de la Renta when she was at the piano recital and it had a huge rose and it was like multicolored. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Oscar de la Renta was Dominican. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gracias. Are you watching (laughs) Love in Paradise? I am not. I have not watched any TLC show in the last Maybe four you. months. I've been on a Bravo craze. Vanderpump Rules took over my life. It mm-hmm. destroyed me emotionally. Well,
1: it and you've made been, me happy. You've been working on your doctorate, which is
0: yes, and Bravo, know, a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> Bravo was really hitting the spot. Especially you know these Vanderpump people. They're just slutty, slutty, slutty young people. I know nothing about them. Uh, all I know is I have to sit there
1: and look like an idiot when Mary Payne talks about them for quite a while. And I'm just like, mm, okay, sounds sounds like a bunch of rich brats with nothing else to do.
0: Exactly. <laughs> okay. And they, it's very incestuous. They've all pretty much slept with each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting. It's It's fascinating how much it broke into like the mainstream, like page six was, I mean, page six is kind of like whatever that's like paid to do these things. Um, yeah. But the New York times glamor magazine covers, like this is like Rolling Stone articles. Like really, it was fucking insane. Oh. The skin, skin of all was insane. I mean, I likened it to
1: Christine leaving Cody on sister wives, which like broke the sister wives universe. Yeah. But Cody and Christine were not on the cover. <laughs> like they were not in the New York Times. So let's put it that way.
0: Because they're not sexy, hot. It might have you been know, on People work magazine,
1: actors. but yeah. mm-hmm. or AARP special edition. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Imagine you get the glossy AARP magazine and Cody and Christine are on it.
0: <laughs> I'm just pissed because I don't know who told them. Who lied about my age because I'm nowhere near? Oh, you're A-R-P. getting it. You're getting I get these it. Emails. <laughs> yes. It's like as yes. soon as you pass 35, they're like, oh, yes. you're almost old or, or you are old. Here's less. You get on the mailing list. So oh. let me
1: ask you about this next scene because we have LTW's husband. He's outside with his daughter and another girl, and they're trying to get a taxi on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Mm-hmm. And they can't get a cab. And I think they're trying to imply that's because he's black. That's yes. what he thinks. Now, I've been to New York City many times. I know that there are cabbies of every ethnicity. Yep. What are your thoughts as being a person of color and being a New Yorker on this scene?
0: That is very common. It actually is. I've had issues myself hailing cabs, especially it depends where you are in the city and where you're going to go. So okay. they're like in a wealthy neighborhood so mm-hmm. it was a little weird that they wouldn't stop for him, especially the way he was dressed. You would yeah. assume that they live in a building with a doorman, and the doorman would have done that for them. So it yeah. was a little confusing, but I do get it if you're the only black family in this affluent white neighborhood that people mm-hmm. might be like, oh, this person doesn't belong here. You know, I don't want to get scammed mm-hmm. or whatever it mm-hmm. is. But it's like, use a fucking Uber, like, use the Lyft app. Because they see your picture, they know, and they'll confirm. So do you think, like,
1: if you're a cab driver and you're a person of color, that you would want to pick up a white person instead of a person of color because you think they have more money? Yeah, I think on? that okay.
0: they're probably thinking like, oh, these people are going to pay like white people will pay. And you know, it's and you also see this with younger people, like if they're mm-hmm. like teenager or 20 something, cab drivers mm-hmm. won't stop for them because they're like, they're gonna get in and then either puke in my car because they're drunk or they're gonna oh, run off yeah. and not pay. Yeah, I get so that. that's why they a lot mm-hmm. of times they don't pick up certain people okay. but it's it's kind of messed up and i and i get what the mom says later on and we can talk yes, about that yes me her too. reaction yeah, yeah yeah. i thought that was actually a good scene we'll get there so um he's banging
1: on the hood of a cab and he's kind of like giving this cabbie like a really hard time like dude this is this is illegal like you can't refuse me service mm-hmm. open up and he's like kind of pounded on the hood not super aggressive but you know enough to make his his mark there now, and his mother comes around the corner with her friends and sees it happening and turns around and they go the other way. Now in bed, Franklin is spending way too much time talking about this vagina ad because apparently this deal will bring down the entire podcast enterprise. Yeah. They're talking about possible freezing and he's terrible. I used to be a copywriter. He's, he gives copywriters a terrible name. Like, stick to your own. Stick to producing, dude. I don't know what you're doing.
0: He's not a writer, so... He's not a writer, you know. so shut the fuck up.
1: At dinner, Charlotte is trying to shake down the real deal, and Lily puts on a show with her new keyboard, and it's actually not terrible.
0: I loved it, and I did. I laughed so much when they said Lily Eilish, because I was like, this sounds like a Billie Eilish song, who yeah. I fucking adore. I love Billie that's Eilish that's so that's much. That's She's that's so that's fucking that's talented. That's I have been... Okay, this is a side note. For those of you who don't know who I am not that I'm anyone important, but I have a podcast called Sinister Girls and I interview musicians. and Sinister I kn- Girls! <laughs> yeah, we have a theme song. Um, I know her publicist pretty well because I've worked on past campaigns with past artists. And we have mm. been working on getting Billie Eilish for the last year and a half. Mm. And always something happens. Mm. And I'm just like, I am holding on because I need to talk to this girl. She is so fucking talented. I love her so much. But back to Lily... I thought that it was really good, and I get what she's probably coming from, that angsty, like, I'm so rich, but this is really not me, because, again, she is adopted. Yes. And maybe she really feels like, this isn't me, and I'm pretending to be this rich white person that I'm not.
1: Yeah, she's singing kind of about the gilded cage of privilege, right? And yeah, Charlotte, like, this really seems to resonate with Charlotte, but in the moment... I thought it was Charlotte like recognizing what she's doing to Lily, but I also wonder on some level if Charlotte herself feels that way. You know what I mean? Because she doesn't really come from this world, but she seems to really embrace this world.
0: I think that in the original Rung of Sex in the City, like she wanted to marry a certain type of man. He had to be from a good family, which meant mm-hmm. money, had to be mm-hmm. well-educated, so from an Ivy League, like that kind of thing. So she always aspired to have that kind of waspy life, So, which is why mm-hmm. she rushed into marrying Trey without really knowing him because yes. he represented that and they looked like the perfect couple. And we saw how that ended. Mm-hmm. So at Lisa's,
1: um, at LTW's, the, hus- the mother-in-law is confronting the husband about his behavior. She's like, we do not use violence. You know, we hold our heads up high. We, we win by winning. She says, your grandfather was at Selma and he faced the bats without ever loosening his tie. And she said, Wexley's win by winning. And then she leaves, and the husband and LTW chat about, like, these unspoken rules that people of color have to live by, especially Black Americans have to live by in this country, which is you don't show
0: anger, you know, and that's how you win. you don't give them a reason for them to antagonize you even more because the moment you show a little bit of resistance or that you're not falling in quote unquote line they're going to use brutal force essentially or Mm -hmm. whatever they can to bring you down
1: a hundred percent and you're just going to perpetuate the angry black man or angry black woman stereotype and it is a stereotype that needs to go away and Um, You know, I think this mother kind of grew up in that in the south and is like, no, we don't want that. I thought it was a good conversation. I thought it was a good like if you're going to bring in these these characters of color for any reason, this is a good reason to bring them in, like to talk about real things like this.
0: And the thing with this is that I get it. It's kind of like that whole Michelle Obama saying of like, when they go low, we go high yes. it's kind of to yes. be like, you got to be the bigger person. you got to be the bigger person. But at what point do you say, why the fuck do I always have to bend? Why? And it's right. frustrating. And then you get caught up in your emotions. And sometimes I've done this too. There you know, whenever I see any sort of authority, I'm always like very compliant, very, you know, like keep my nose to the ground and pretend, you know, be the best behavior, be very polite. I don't want any issues, any trouble. And then I see all these people of privilege that are able to do whatever the fuck they want and no one bats an eye. And I'm like, yeah. this sucks. Why?
1: Well, and especially when you you realize that, especially with the women, the 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 tough, stern, black mother trope comes Mm -hmm. from generational trauma. I mean, I just wrote an article on this for therapist.com and the therapist I worked with is a woman of color. And she was saying like mothers of like when, when we're talking in the 19th century, when slavery was still around and she's like, mothers had to keep their kids in line. Like it was a matter of life and death if your kid did not obey you. So that's where that like strong, black mother stereotype comes from and it's just been perpetuated and so when you think about it in that way you're like oh that is a problem that we need yeah. to to correct so it's a whole thing but um, I was glad they talked about it I was glad that you know it came up and,
0: and these oh, are wealthy very good looking yes, people yes. that are somewhat known in their community because she's supposed to be a famous documentarian so she's known yeah. and he does some kind of Job, I don't really know what it is, but it's it. They come from family because even the mother last season was complaining about their funds because Lisa was spending it on like paintings or something. So yeah, they do come from money,
1: and she does have amazing art.
0: Yeah, she does.
1: Apartment. (laughs) All right, so I always notice art, and even that show "Burden of Proof" that I'm watching, and I'm covering that with Amanda on tomorrow. Um, it's a documentary, a crime documentary on HBO. Oh the
0: the gosh, guy's god. walking
1: through his house and he has amazing art. And I'm like, oh my god. I, I just love I love art. So now we have Che at their comedy show and they are introduced that Che introduces to the crowd special guest Tony Danza. Now I grew up with Tony Danza. His like boss. he is he's yes, I mean I love him so much. He's you know like a like a grandpa figure, I guess. Because yeah. he's too old to be my dad now, right? Yeah, he's, he's not be. gonna like oh, that. Oh, no. no. No, I'm wrong. My dad and Tony Danza are probably similar ages. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I sometimes I forget how old I am. So Miranda suddenly doesn't know... <laughs> Miranda suddenly doesn't know where to stand in a comedy club. Like, you stand in the she, back. Or you she's, find she's... This is what I'm talking about, though. Like... She's so awkward in everything. She's like, oh, oh, sorry. And, like, waiters are bumping into her like, this is not
0: Miranda Hobbs. In my... Okay, so I'm trying to play devil's advocate. So I'm thinking what they were probably going for is... Where do I fit in in this world in her comedy world? As the girlfriend, do I get to walk up and sit in the front? Do I have to stay in the back? Do I, you know, like where well, What do- would you do, Leslie? Um, I would stand at the back. I don't want to be seen.
1: <laughs> I think I would just yeah, I would just grab a chair near the back and just be like, okay, you know. Cuz you don't good. want to
0: distract the person that's performing because that could throw them off. It depends. Like sometimes if I'm reading And I
1: know there's going to be a lot of people there and I'm nervous. And let me just preface that by saying it's not like I'm the solo act and all these people have come to see me. But if I'm reading as part of a festival and there's a bigger crowd, I usually want Timmy close to the front so that I could see him and he relaxes me. Do you know what I mean? And if it's, you know, one of just my poetry readings, only like three people come. So Timmy is just, you know, one of
0: them. I've done readings before. Again, it's been with multiple art um mm-hmm. authors, so they weren't mm-hmm. there to see me. Okay. And so there was actually no one in the audience that was there to see me. So I just looked towards a wall. <laughs> I picked like a wall. And then I did yep. make eye contact with the sweet young girl at one point at a reading. Mm-hmm. And so that was really nice. And she she wanted to be a writer. And um oh I really love so that. Sweet. Yeah, she was Mexican mm-hmm. and she was like I didn't know you were Latina. You could write. And mm-hmm. It was the sweetest thing in the world. I was, it was a really proud moment. I was like, if that's the only person that ever I interact with and it's like happy about mm-hmm. something I wrote, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, sit in the back, you know. Sit in the back, Miranda. Unless <laughs> if you're going to sit in the front or you have a reserved seat, like you could have, mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. to that reserved seat, sit down or show up on time. Agreed. Don't make yourself seen. Agreed. It's not about you. It's not about you. So,
1: Franklin, so they make plans to have dinner with Tony Danza. Now we see Franklin and he calls, he says he's called Chloe. And guess what? This vaginal wellness ad is like a deal breaker for this new podcast. Okay. Selma returns to her hairdresser with the terrible blowout and she apologizes for leaving him. Now we see Miranda on the beach when Naya calls and she's in a rage and she's trashing all of Andre Rashad's stuff. And she's screaming and this really serves no purpose. Like Miranda's just like, okay, got to go. And then Miranda loses her phone. See, that's the thing I think with Naya is she doesn't feel connected to anybody else. She's only connected to Miranda. And I don't know. So Miranda loses her phone and she has to dig through the trash, which looks like just seaweed. I'm not sure what's going on there. And in the strangest musical choice... Of the entire series. They play Hotel California. Now I am a huge Hotel California fan. Yeah. I remember driving around in my dad's Buick. It's like 1976 Buick Regal. It had an 8-track. The only 8-track we owned at the time was Hotel California. I listened to it 87,000 times. I know it well. This was not an appropriate use of Hotel California.
0: I don't... Oh, man. Okay, so... I'm thinking with the Naya thing because I'm thinking as a, now I'm thinking as a writer. Okay, okay. So maybe that purpose was oh we got to include Naya because there's things happening. So have her call Miranda, then Miranda could lose her phone because she's distracted because of the phone call that throws her off. So I think that was part of the reason why they put that in. I'm guessing. So that that's I how, it, that this is the issue that I have with with this show, because I love Sex and the City so much. This show means so much to me. I know so much Sex and the City trivia for no reason. It lives rent-free in my brain. I don't. It's not on purpose, it's just there. Like, the mm-hmm. opening sequence from episode one was pretty much like a sequence from season four, episode two, The Real Me, where Carrie is asked to run a a runway show, and they do like the music, like "To Be Real" mm-hmm. towards the end, and it's that walk thing. It's it was that. Like I was like, oh my god, and and I was happy because mm-hmm. it was a little throwback. And then they have these moments where I'm just like, this doesn't. What is so? This? Which is it? Like, are you gonna? Mm-hmm harp on the past or are you gonna fucking move on because yeah. season one you made it clear that you were blowing up this universe and you told mm-hmm. everyone in every fucking interview and article this is not your mom's sex in the city this is a new chapter things are different now mm-hmm. so why are we going back to the past so much if things are so different or are you telling us which- that the more things change the things stay the same kind of thing which she said in the first season which I think was a huge misstep for them to approach it with that
1: lens. Yeah. Like, you don't say this is not your mom's sex and say we're doing a whole new thing. Because then you would have to have young characters that young, a new generation of viewers would
0: care about. And young the writers, are not watching this. And the we're writers will this. reflect what the young people are doing, because that's Mm -hmm. what made Mm -hmm. city magical because they were drawing from their own lives. All these writers were in their thirties, single and trying to figure themselves out. That's what they wrote about. And then for the first season of, and just like that, they brought in a whole bunch of people that are like my age that grew up watching it. And we're like, oh, this is what it should have been because this is yeah. our reality now. But that doesn't apply to these women because these women are not of that generation. And right. the way they try to integrate it was just so awkward and jarring. Right, like you can't
1: take Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte and drop them into euphoria. Like that just doesn't work. It's just they're weird. too like this show, the way they should have sold it is no, this is your mom's Sex in the City, but this is your mom's Sex in the City all grown up.
0: Yeah. Do you know
1: what I mean? Because those are the people that are going to watch it, is us.
0: Yeah. Like my daughters aren't watching this bullshit. They could care less. No. People that are watching this are people that grew up with it, watched mm-hmm. it when it aired, mm-hmm. or they were watching the reruns on E, and they're like, okay, I'm down with this. But yeah. my sister's not watching this. My sister's 11 no. years younger than me. She ain't watching this. No. She doesn't care about no. this. She mm-hmm. doesn't even care about the original. Right. Exactly. So they should have kept a lot of
1: that original like sensibility about the show, but yet did weave in more diversity and stuff yeah. like that. But not So you don't just like start over and make it all about diversity because that's not what the original looked like do you know what i mean it's so weird all right so anyway miranda loses her phone now this was a real scene i feel like because i wouldn't know anybody's phone number if i lost my phone i I don't even know my own i don't even know my kids phone numbers if i lost my phone i could not call my children
0: So that's a problem. But Um, here's the thing. I I know my current cell phone number. I know my mom's because the last two digits are different. That's the only mm -hmm, reason why. mm -hmm. And I still remember my childhood home number. Me too. But I
1: can't remember anyone else's number. (laughs) Me too. Timmy and I were talking about that the other day. Like, I remember several of my friends' phone numbers. Several of my family members' phone numbers. But nope, not this. So anyway, so she calls Jay. And Jay's like, I'm going to send somebody to get you. Don't worry about it. Who does Che send to get Miranda? This guy named Lyle, who is played by Oliver Hudson, who was Smarmy Jeff on Nashville. Did you ever watch Nashville? I love that show. Mm. And he pulls up, he's in a purple 1960s, I think it's a Ford pickup. And guess what? Lyle and Miranda get to know each other, and she discovers Lyle and Che were married and still are.
0: What the dun, dun, dun. Actual... What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so why was Che so pissed in season one about Miranda still being married? Wouldn't this have come up? Like doesn't make look, sense. I was married too, but we're living separate coasts or whatever. Yep. Doesn't make sense. Another thing
1: that doesn't make sense. So um also at this time, Che is having dinner with Tony Danza. And Tony Danza's like, look. I, I can't do this. Like, I can't pretend I'm Mexican because Thank God. I'm going to get like a lot of pushback. And the Danza lines are not happy about it. And he says, I'm going to. So what we're going to do is we're going to rewrite your character's history to make it. Your mother was Mexican. Your father was Italian. So mm-hmm. your mother's dead and you have an abuela that we, you know, factor into the show. And Che is just like, what the fuck is happening here
0: yeah she's like, like that's, this is they're like that's not my life
1: right they're like this is like no i'm irish and mexican so there's this whole thing um and okay so then back on the east coast Seema and Zed are having dinner she's like you sent me those five texts and i forgave everything now i don't know if they were dick pics i don't know if they were
0: Probably i don't know suggestive
1: what suggestive <laughs> I don't know. Maybe him smoking in bed. That would have got me there. I don't know. I
0: mean, a poem is not going to get me to forgive this. It would get me. Uh, Well, you're a poet, so that's I'm very easy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a song (laughs) would get me there.
1: Oh, my God. Put an acoustic guitar in somebody's hand. I'm there. (laughs) So, uh, you know how I feel about that. So then he hits her with a business proposition, which is a real weird choice, considering you just won this woman back, and he's yes. like, "There's a new club here in Manhattan they they want two hundred thousand dollars. I'll put in half. you put in half. She's like, "I'm done with this." and that's he,
0: I think I, I was right. That's why I did not like him from the beginning. I was like, mm-hmm, he seems swarmy.
1: Mm-hmm. She says, "You know what? I need to invest in myself and I'm leaving." Which now that night, about that It was great. That night, Miranda is waiting for Che, and she's pissed. She has, like, all this knowledge now. Like, you're fucking, first of all, the day she had, and then you're fucking married, and you never told me. Che gets home. Miranda flips out a little bit, but then Che, you know, is like, oh, it's no big deal. We were just married on paper, blah, blah, blah. And Miranda just forgives everything. Yeah, I'm done. It's all forgiven.
0: Miranda forgives everything. Miranda doesn't forget think you know, about that what Steve she put Steve threw had skid marks in his pants like mm-hmm, she, was, mm-hmm, <laughs> she didn't mm-hmm. forget that. she told the whole world nope, so the next day,
1: Franklin and Carrie show up to work. The entire podcast network has folded because of the vaginal wellness ad. They've sold the studios to I think they say Apple, and everyone is out of
0: work. But Amy, you have to understand, big Vagina runs the podcasting I, world, I guess it does, I guess it does. Carrie and Franklin are in the lobby and
1: he's like, you know what? You want Thursdays. I want more. Let's break it off. Goodbye. And then Carrie says, and just like that, I freed up my entire week. And there is this nice scene of her in this pink suit walking out of the building when all of these men in black and white suits are coming in. Right. And it's a visually really cool. And that's it. That's where we are. So what are your thoughts on episodes one and two together?
0: Maybe. Well, I was a little annoyed with the fact that it's like, okay, you build this up that she was going to go in this whole new direction, become a podcaster, and then you imploded in two episodes, and I'm like... <laughs> Why did you even introduce this concept? And my theory is they probably didn't think that they were going to get a season two. So they, because everything, Mm. if you don't do a season two, it everything wrapped up in the first season. Yeah. If you think about it, like Mm -hmm. there was a kiss, there was hope, and that's what the, you know, the publishers wanted for her book, like Mm -hmm. a little hope, and that's how it ended. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, They painted themselves into a corner and they're like, how do we get ourselves out of this podcasting deal to get her with fucking Aiden? Because that's all they're probably thinking. Because let's go back to the well. I have a different theory.
1: Okay. If you're going to cast Che Diaz's husband, why would you not just pick some rando? Why would you pick Oliver Hudson? He's going to factor into this. And I'm wondering if he and Carrie are going to get together.
0: No, because of Aiden. We saw all the leaks, all the pictures. Is that a red herring?
1: I only think she and Aiden maybe reconnect on one date.
0: I don't think it's gonna be a thing. Well, MPK said I'm not gonna I wouldn't bring Aiden back to make him fail again. Really? Yes. He said this in an interview. Okay. Okay, so do you think because we know Miranda
1: is bi, correct? Yes. Do you think she could have a love interest with Oliver Hudson?
0: I'm just Miranda. wondering why that mm-hmm. casting choice. I don't know. Maybe like it's just... no, he's a pretty well known person to put in that role. Maybe just because they wanted a celebrity. I mean mm-hmm. we do they do have a history of having a lot of characters that would one offs, you know. Bon Jovi was in one, you know. Episode. Girl, I know. <laughs> I know Bon Jovi
1: was in. It. You don't need to tell me that my JBJ was in the
0: show. Because I know it. So, you know, I, I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, why? But again, why this marriage thing? I mean, I think it will factor in. I don't think Miranda's going to bang him.
1: Well, I think if, the, if Aiden comes back and Carrie and Aiden just reconnect, that's boring. It is I think boring. there's got to be a triangle and this Oliver Hudson character could be it.
0: <laughs> so you think that Oliver Hudson is
1: going to be with Carrie? Yes. I mean, I thought, oh, maybe Miranda's yeah. going to like him as well and they'll have some some arrangement worked out with the three of them but I don't know how Che identifies you know what I mean I don't know if they identify as bi or straight or I I don't know so I don't know if Che would be interested in rekindling anything with Oliver Hudson and I hope that I hope they would not do that storyline the injustice of having Miranda be like okay, I'm done with this. Now I want to go back to a cis male. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hope that would that, that would not disappointing. be. It would be because disappointing. If, but I, mean, I don't if, put anything past these writers.
0: If it ends up not working out between her and Shay, that's fine. But maybe mm-hmm. Miranda realizes I'm queer and that's what's yeah. my issue. Yep. Maybe meet someone else. But to be like, yeah. mm, I'm kind of done with this. I'm going to go back to Dick. It's kind of like, oh, so this is a choice. That's what exactly. you're saying. It's very flippant.
1: Exactly. Exactly and so i'm hoping that he's there for carrie okay that's what i'm
0: hoping and that's what i'm predicting so what don't you? do get me wrong i don't want aiden back at all oh i love aiden Mm. i did too but after the movie the second movie which i pretended does not exist it's not canon i blocked it out why bring him back like you already fucked it up the first time you tried to do it yeah he was perfect um, the first in season three. He was great when they got back together and then she fucks that all up. Why bring him back? Oh, your big competition is dead. So now I could finally get her? What? So you were waiting this whole time? He's so hot, I can't with him. Um, They should bring Bon Jovi back,
1: I think. <laughs> Seth, okay. I think his name was. So, so here's my question to you. What do we think is going to be the storyline with Charlotte? We saw a little bit of a trailer that implied maybe it's like she she wants a career now. So what are, what are mm-hmm. you thinking?
0: Well, I mean, it would be, you would think this she would have found a career by now because I know that back in the original series, she quit her gallery job just because she mm-hmm. was getting married. Like mm-hmm. she was done with it. Now she does have children. These kids are grown. I mean, you have two mm-hmm. teenagers. If she wants to go back to work, she should.
1: Yeah, I think this season's going to be about her finding herself. And I think LTW, aka the Black Charlotte, is also going to be on the same trajectory because we do kind of see that with the husband. She's really annoyed with him. And I related to the scene where she was just trying to do her work and the kids are popping in and out
0: every two seconds. I get that. And their poor daughter's trying to recite something in French and everybody's like interrupting. And I'm like, let her shine. I know, it's ridiculous.
1: Um, so what do we think about Kim Cattrall? Do we think that's going to be a quick cameo? Is she going to be interacting with Carrie or is it going to just be like she's doing a a one-off like on a phone and we
0: assume she's talking to Carrie? Okay, so this is the thing. I am so obsessed with this show in general and I love Kim Mm -hmm. Cattrall and like this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So from my understanding unless this is what they're planting in the media to kind of throw us off and give us something a little better is that kim did not shoot with anyone it was just her solo so i'm guessing it's a FaceTime. time so she didn't actually interact with the other actors okay so this will be probably quick and i just saw a headline i didn't get to read the article yet So Cynthia Nixon mentioned something. I saw like a quote or a headline that she was disappointed Mm -hmm. that Samantha's cameo was ruined and that it was leaked. Oh, okay. So. And they're calling it a cameo, which tells us everything we need to know. Mm -hmm. I think they don't want to get our hopes up. Mm -hmm. So, and it seems like it's going to be in the very last episode. So. I mean, there are
1: people who are just absolutely bananas over Samantha and Kim Cattrall and love her so much. I was always like, eh, okay. You know? Like, I I feel like she's replaceable. Which is probably gonna get me cancelled by the entire Sex and the City universe. I'm
0: sorry. No, I love Samantha. Samantha was great in the sense that the puns were just Awful, but she made the work. Kim Kattrall, a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, Kim, but Kim Cattrall played Samantha as someone who was very open. She was the most sexual one of the whole group, and she I would. Like she said, "Try anything." She was very progressive in that sense. I agree, because, and I appreciated yeah, that character
1: enough. for that reason. Mm-hmm. She was very sex positive at a time when a lot of people weren't. But anybody could have
0: played her. I feel like, like <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I'm Team Kim Cattrall she's my mannequin i i refuse to accept that yes she is yes she is all right um this has been lovely this is so fun i hope that you guys enjoyed this because i had fun my pets had fun clearly and
1: and let me tell you something i came into this with in a rage that i had to watch this <laughs>
0: you've made me feel better about it you know rewatching season one as i've done four times now mm-hmm. by the third viewing, I was like, it's not so bad. So (laughs) I think you kind of just give in. you you like having sex with your
1: high school boyfriend. By the fifth or sixth time, you're like, I guess it's not so bad. I'm just going to lay here and accept it.
0: You're just Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Let it wash over me. I could judge (laughs) it. Let it." it relax
1: you. Let this dick relax you. And
0: the thing is, the more that we are vocal about not liking it or being frustrated or whatever Mm -hmm. the more ammunition is gonna give the network and everyone to keep it going
1: oh to keep it going to keep it going okay
0: because it's making headlines and people just want Mm -hmm. the clicks and the likes because people Mm -hmm. keep saying it was awful i'm never watching it again and then the next week they're complaining about the episodes like i thought you weren't watching it
1: yeah that's the thing is as much as i complain about it i do watch it.
0: I love it.
1: I you love know, it's, it. It's, yeah. It's flawed. like, it's not like, to tie this back to the beginning, it's not like a married at first sight situation where I'm so frustrated and, and I don't watch it. Yeah. This is like, I'm frustrated, but I still need to watch it.
0: I need to watch it because it's so important as a New Yorker especially, it's part of the fabric of my life. And my yeah. dream, after I started watching Sex and the City, was like, I need to be on the set of Sex and the City. I need to find them when they're filming mm-hmm. at some point. I, like how And is you it did possible? at some point, didn't you? And then, a few months ago, I come outside and Cynthia Nixon is standing outside my building because they're using my office building as Columbia. Because I work at a, at a college. And I'm like, what the... And it was Yay. insane, and I was like, "I got to be in a shot." That? Are you in a shot? Of course not. The, okay. <laughs> pretty much. That but the benches amazing. that I sit on are there, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it even made the trailer when they're standing, sitting outside in a little, um, what is it, little plaza? That's Baruch. That's mm-hmm. our campus. So okay. it's like, oh my god! So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. So I did get that dream to like stumble into the set of Sex in the City, or in some amazing. capacity.
1: Well, it has been a dream talking with you. I missed you so much. Oh, I um, you. Guys, if you're listening to this and you are on our six degrees of reality TV feed, we put this on there so you could know that Leslie and I are still alive. We're still alive. <laughs> We're still doing things. We're still talking. But the rest of this season, if you want to hear us talk about the rest of these episodes, you're going to have to catch us on Little Miss Recap because that's where it's going to be. So we put this on here. For our old fans, so that you um, could, you know, kind of, this is a, like, yes, we're proof of life. We're still alive. And you can also, you can also listen to Leslie on Sinister Girls. Why don't you tell everybody what you have coming up?
0: Yeah, so we just released an episode yesterday with um, this amazing, like, folk icon from the UK, um, Vashti Bunyan. Um, she has a memoir and talks about her career. And it's just, her story is so fascinating. And she's just such a delight. Her music career started in the 60s and kind of didn't go anywhere. And Mm -hmm. then it just magically got a resurgence in the Mm -hmm. early aughts. And there are so many artists that have been influenced by her. If you just like look into it, which was very fascinating to learn. So Mm -hmm. check that out. The podcast is called Sinister Girls, I'm on social media, at Sinister Girls. That's the best handle to catch me on. All right. And you guys can
1: catch me at Little Miss Recap or at Amy Archer Writer. And subscribe and hear us finish this series out and listen as Leslie calms me down every week and convinces me this is not trash. (laughs) It's
0: not. I mean, it's it's so fun. It's fun. Because you don't dissect it a little bit and then you also... you know it helps nostalgic i don't know it's good and if you haven't already guys join our facebook group where you know
1: we're just building we're starting to build and we're uh we're getting i think we're at like maybe 80 or 90 members which is pretty good because we just started like two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and stay tuned to this feed because amanda lipnack radel and i will be covering burden of proof tomorrow And then my bestie Steph and I finish out Love and Death um, on Tuesday or Wednesday. One of those days. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Leslie, for joining me. I really appreciate it. And we will see you guys soon. Bye.